0: Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate, Lockie. And the Blues have ended their six-game losing streak, defeating the Gold Coast Suns by 59 points. Look, no one is getting ahead of themselves here. Our problems aren't automatically for yourself. solved. Doesn't make up for what we've seen earlier in throughout this season. But my God, Lockie, oh, this win is just such a relief. It's a relief for the players, for the club, for the fans, for everyone and it is about time we finally get a bit of joy out of footy in 2023 and look I just kind of touched on it there that big caveat at the top of this episode you know it's just one game no one's getting ahead of themselves but Lockie the last six weeks have been fucking miserable to talk about we're doing two episodes (laughs) a week one one win in the past nine weeks before this one so if you listen to this please cut us a bit of slack here because we're going to sit back. We're going to enjoy talking about this win because all of the caveat is thrown away at the start of this episode. But we've got plenty to get through. Lachie, that's enough chatter for me, mate. How are you going? <laughs> and how good does it feel to, to finally win a game of football in what feels like yes. so long?
1: <laughs> very, very well, mate. One from the last nine feels not, real. not uh, real. When you put it like that, even though it has been very grim. And yeah, this is why we do te- two episodes a week so that we can spend one just focusing on the here and now. So let's just focus on what we saw yesterday, which was pretty beautiful. Yes, yes. And and
0: I think the big thing about this, and it was what we we're talking about really leading into the sort of the build-up show and this clash was just what a win, what that would actually mean for everything. So I guess kind of what's your take on what the win? means knowing that it's it's not solving everything, but yeah, what do you think it does for us, particularly knowing we've got the bye coming up? So we've got that week off before we verse Hawthorne. How, how yeah. big is just getting that monkey off the back?
1: It's a difficult question to answer. I know everyone probably has different views mm. on this. I think the way that that game happened is a big part of it like well obviously talk about the second quarter just the things that we saw from the group in this game gives me a lot of belief like Mm. it wasn't just I don't know it wasn't us just scrapping it out to get over the line this was like a group that was so together they were looking after each other picking each other up celebrating massively every time a goal went through Mm. and that's like what gives me hope that you know, the, the rhetoric that is coming from all the players and stuff that like, yeah, like we're sticking together. Even mm. though we're losing, we're sticking together. Like I, I believe that they really are. So hopefully it can just yeah. be up from here.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree. And, and obviously so much to still work on. We're not out of this. I don't think this one game is just automatically going to mean oh we flick the switch. We're going to be great for the rest of the season. But what it does do, it just takes so much pressure off them particularly knowing it's it's going into the buy and it's just another week I yeah. don't have to talk negatively about us and, and when you get into that rut just continually losing it's just it's so hard mentally to, to kind of switch that off and of do all the right things so I know the word gets thrown around heaps these days but like it's that nourishment of the win and then the way we were playing which yeah. we'll, we'll get into in detail but for us to play in the style that we did in that second quarter to show that the groups like actually capable of that still, regardless of what the pressure was yeah. like, regardless of the opposition, to actually get that done and show that, yes, this is still something we can do. I think that that's just so positive for these guys when they they really needed it. And like, I, I can't imagine what a loss would have done going into that buy. And I guess just thank God that that mm. didn't happen. So we don't even have to worry about <laughs> it. It's, it's definitely nice thank to God. finally be sitting here with a bit of, a bit of positivity for once.
1: Absolutely, mate. I'm ready to dive into it. I'm championing the Beautiful. bit to talk about this one.
0: Beautiful. Let's go. And we'll start off where we like to always do it, which is reflecting on the what did we want to see segment from our build-up show. And did we see it this week? Lockie, you had a good one that we've almost been <sighs> keeping on this, on this run sheet until we saw it, and you asked for something we different. We run it back. Did you get it? And what was the something different, if so?
1: I think so much was different. <laughs> uh God, there's so many places we could go to with this. Mm. I think maybe the first thing that comes to mind is the personnel changes that were out there. Yeah. Looked a bit different across kind of each line. Um, We weren't sure how it was going to go without Young there, even though we were obviously positive about that change. Yeah. Cunningham getting some midfield Mm. time. What could that do to the mix? Um, No JSOS. So that means that TDK is going to spend time up forward. Does that work with the three real talls? And I think all of them were big ticks for this mm. one. Yeah, no, I think there was definitely
0: a lot different. And I think the the big thing that we will get in onto detail is definitely that clearance work. I think everything we did around that yep. was just so much better. Uh, the midfield mix was just such an impressive thing, and hopefully, seeing it work once just gives confidence in, in getting to see. More of that going forward. Uh, I had a couple of them, so I'll try and go through them quickly. One was tackles, obviously after last week, only laying the 33. It was, are we going to see a bit of an emphasis on the tackle and the pressure? And we ended up with 69 tackles. We had 11 inside 50 tackles, which again shows you some nice pressure. When the ball went in there, something we have not done a lot all season. Seems like the ball was continually just being taken out of our sort of forward half but we, we were definitely better yep. in that aspect and even just from the get-go we had 15 tackles at quarter time 30 at half time so the response was there yeah. and i think they showed a bit of a graphic um on the actual broadcast when i watched the replay showing that i think we added similar tackles like 15 last week but then completely dropped yeah, yeah. off good to see that we are able to actually sustain it and build on that yep. pressure this week. Uh the one of the other ones was good converting one. in front of goal. Um and obviously that was definitely there. We went at 64% efficiency inside 50 and at halftime. We were going oh. at 71%. I wish I had the stat for just the second quarter. If anyone has that let me know. Um and then I guess yeah, the 13 marks inside 50 from 55 inside 50s 50 kind of shows you Everything you need to know about it. What were you kind of impressed with both of those two aspects?
1: I mean, in the in the second quarter, we basically it felt like we didn't go inside 50 without scoring. Yeah. And like just the difference that it makes, the (sighs) balancing the patience Mm. with the speed of getting it in there, with just taking an extra second to make sure we're putting it to advantage Mm. and we're not having shots in the pocket. Every time, like we're taking shots from directly in front of goal and kicking yeah. goals from the bloody Gold Square, um, it's hard to have a bad goal to behind ratio with mm. the shots that we we're taking. To be honest,
0: yeah, the, the method was so much better, and then it just created better scoring shots that equals better efficiency. You use the ball better, exactly. you have higher percentage shots. It just takes the pressure off, and it helps when a few of the boys nail them early, and then you just all of a sudden other players start to kick goals that they probably shouldn't mm-hmm. because. Energy sure. energy is high. And then the other one, which maybe yeah. didn't see it, and maybe this is the Ian rant of the day because I've been a little bit hot on it oh, on social media. It's a bit of go. backlash. So I'm always happy to cop my way. Um, <laughs> but I asked, I was a bit of a call to arms saying, I want the fans to show up because we kind of spoke about it in the build-up episode saying that like this is the week that everyone expected us to not rock up. As a crowd, the Mm club, I'd heard from someone inside the club say that they didn't expect it. You're getting text messages every single second of the day saying, if you're not going, give your ticket to someone else. Like it was clear that they didn't expect us to do it. So I thought, mate, this is the week the players need us after the abuse, after everything. Let's go. Let's bring the energy. We've done it all year. Let's not stop. And I guess there was a bit of disappointment when, by the time the, uh, the first bounce happened, there just wasn't, a lot, and I know it's it's hard to get everyone to a Gold Coast game because Gold Coast have no fans, so the crowd's already going to be yeah. a bit less. It's at the yep. G, so it looks worse. But there was definitely a fair few empty seats in Carlton member sections and things like that, so it was a little bit disappointing. And I guess like
1: mm-hmm. I had a
0: bit of a crack on on Twitter. Went a little obviously. There's a lot of hyperbole. It's Twitter. Like let's be serious. But what yep. I was sort of saying from it, which because uh, here I can actually explain it a little bit more with context for those listening. And I was basically, it was a lot of hyperbole saying like, if you weren't here, I don't want you to rock up again. And obviously like, mm-hmm. who am I to tell you what the hell to do? Obviously you can go to the football. And I will say this right now as well. If you are listening to this podcast, this is not directed at you. Cause you are clearly passionate exactly. enough to listen to exactly. us two idiots. This isn't at you. This is at a specific, I think Agreed. somewhat portion of our fan base that I'm hoping can evolve into what I see the other half of the fan base, the fan base that I tend to interact with. And I'm Mm -hmm. not perfect either. And I'm always trying to improve. And and maybe the way I did this probably isn't the right way to galvanize things. And I'm always happy to put my hand up and learn from it. But the, the rhetoric is, and what kind of disappointed me with the fans not showing up is you kind of see a difference in the fans that did rock up those absolute diehards where every and and we're chatting about it a little bit before we started the episode Uh even talking about the first quarter when when we make some mistakes you didn't hear as many groans and and just people getting really annoyed and just the it was so noticeably different the negative energy that happens with Carlton I didn't feel was there because I didn't think that those fans tended to rock up it's the ones that Weren't there in 2018. It's the ones that aren't there every single week. They kind of ju- they're a little bit bandwagony. Jump on, but it's yep. just the negative aura around them that is the, the frustrating part. Because there's always going to be people that don't rock up every week. That only jump on at certain stages. That's fine. I just want the energy to be different because at this game, every little thing was cheered. And it was, it was like, (laughs) we what we were trying to will them to it. It was, you laid a terrific tackle. It was a a big round of applause. Second, third, fourth efforts, pressure, shepherds, everything was getting cheered and it was just such a contrast in the energy. And I know a bits of that was probably trying to make up for last week, knowing that players get abused in the tunnel. They come out in that second quarter and have that just incredible, incredible performance and, the standing yep. ovation, while a lot of fans will see that as cringe, opposition supporters are oh, like, what are you doing? Like It's one quarter, you've done nothing. No, you don't get it. You don't get it. That is us I'm being like, we appreciate what you just showed us because we've been crying out for this and we believe you can do it. It's why we rock yeah. up every single week. We believe they're capable of that and we want to show that we support you. We cheer you. We're not the ones that yell abuse at you at the tunnel. We want everything from you boys we want to see you smiling we want to see you play good footy and so I guess me saying like don't come was also a bit of me being like well I enjoyed the atmosphere around the football and the fans around me so much better because it felt like the people that don't rock up when it's tough bring the negative energy so I guess it's just a bit of a and again yep. it's, it's stupid for me to say this maybe on the pod because everyone listening's not like that but like Thinking back to last week as well against Essendon, you know Essendon kicked four goals in a minute. I want there to be this thing that Carlton have, and maybe we need to create it. But it's yeah, when everything goes bad, every single Carlton supporter stands up. But he stands on the chair, and we do some chant, we do something to because the boys start would start to drop their heads and start to question it, be like, oh fuck, maybe we're out of this game. Mm. But if the fans start cheering out of our heads, opposition supporters be like, what the fuck? You've just conceded five in a row. You're about to lose this game of footy what are you doing? And you never know what that will do to galvanize. So bit of a a random rant there. Um, Always open to feedback as well. Cause who am I to tell you what to do as a supporter or who can come to a football game? And there was a lot of tongue in cheek in it, a lot of somewhat joking in it, but the rhetoric around it was just that I was, I was loving the fans and what they were doing and the support they were giving the players out there. And Everything from this podcast, every all the people we interact with, seem to be the same and want the same things. And I just want that to be built from a wider audience. And it feels like those that didn't rock up, that's kind of them. They're the negative aspect of this crowd.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a a spot on view. Like I didn't, that didn't really occur to me at the game. Like I was feeling it, but until you kind of articulated to me earlier, I'm like, oh yeah, that. That probably is the difference that we're feeling here. And another example, I know, I know this is also like you make a good point. This is so easy to do when we're winning, and now I want to be oh, able to see us course. do this of when we're course. losing. But like where where I was sitting, like near the like the interchange benches, bloody every second player that runs to the bench, like Crippa runs off, everyone's cheering. Yes, Crippa. Yes, Crippa. Good from you. Whatever. Brody Kemp comes off, like showing the appreciation, and you just know that the players are hearing that. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, that's the role we can move that, towards that we it. can play. I think so. Yeah. I think so. I like it. So,
0: now we're getting to talking about the footy. Let's go to the hot topics. Oh. I think we have to start at the, at the best part of this game, that second quarter. We've alluded to it, but we haven't deep-dived into it. Lockie, take me through it. What happened <clears throat> for you and uh, why Why this week? How co- where has he been huh. the whole season and, and what were we able to do that we maybe weren't able to do in previous weeks?
1: Now that's going to be maybe the tougher part of analyzing this. So I'm interested to hear your take. But I mean, obviously, I mean, I watched the replay today like you and the commentators were just going overboard about the center dominance and that this is like yes. unprecedented scoring out of the middle. Mm-hmm. I think like the the first part for me that I just kept commenting over and over was just the mix just felt so good. Yes. I loved having Doherty on the wing streaming mm. in. I loved having Cunningham starting at the high half forward and sprinting into the stoppage each time. So it's like Walsh, Cripps, and Chera are in there. We, we back them in to win that contest. And then you got Doherty and Cunningham ready. And the halfbacks are ready to launch and launch the inside 50. Like, oh, it's just a masterpiece. And it's everything that I think you and I have like give ourselves a little pat on the back. Like that is just exactly what we've been asking for or hoping to see every week. And it just happened and then we converted and bang, that's how you have Mm. one of the most dominant quarters of any game this year. Not just Carlton, any team.
0: Yeah, it was, it, this game and particularly that quarter, like that was something that we've seen last year, but we haven't seen it in, yeah, it felt like months. last year. It felt like a last year performance. And even to a, to a degree where, you know, first quarter wasn't great. Second quarter is we've won it in a quarter. And then we sort of hold on for the other two. We never really fully went on with it. So it did feel, yeah. I guess, like last year in that aspect. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it was building on some of the good from last week, but to a whole nother level. Like the... It's the most I have seen us play on, most I've seen us look oh, for no. the handball. We had players streaming everywhere. The handball. They looked so more, so much more connected than previously, because even yes. last week, it felt like we were looking to do the give and goes to play on, but there was still an element of almost indecision as if, okay, well, I've played on, but I actually don't know what to do past that. It was almost yep. like they were told, okay, we want you to play on, and then they go, yeah, but what now? Whereas this week everything felt so much more fluid. It was there was a guy running to where they expected it. Everything felt more mm-hmm. instinctive and yep. timing. Going back well. to the top of the show, obviously it is Gold Coast, but that they have been in really good form. I think if they won this game, they would have been in the eight. They're coming off a couple of really good wins. I know they're not a superstar team, so it's hard to really know where this is and where this ranks with somewhat pressure off in a way yeah. it's hard to know their pressure wasn't great on the day either but you can only play with what's in front of you and so i think that was the impressive That's thing I and say. yeah like that midfield wait we'll just throw a couple of stats out there for you we had 45 clearances 19 center clearances out of 26 we won uh and it was 10 to 3 was the center clearance numbers at halftime and it's just such a direct way to goal is I kind of think what you were mentioning there where you win it out and all of a sudden it's inside 50 and, and you saw what Essendon were able to do to us last week when you get that time and space. I think it's mm-hmm. the first time I've really seen us have that ascendancy in the midfield. And yeah, I think the mix is definitely quite a lot that came down to that.
1: Oh, God. I don't even know where to go from that because there's just so much that I was stoked with.
0: Mm. Oh, I guess I've got some negative questions on this to kind of talk about it. Sure. But is it a worry that, I guess, again, building off some issues last year, that mm-hmm. we're somewhat reliant on winning it from the center clearances to create scores? Because five out of those nine goals were pretty much from center clearances, four were directly mm. from a clearance out, and one was a free kick from the stoppage. Again, it was it pretty much acted the same way. So I guess if you're saying five out of the nine goals are created from the one area, is that a bit of an issue that maybe if you if if next week when next time we play, if we don't win Mm -hmm. the center clearances, you won't see us get that kind of ascendancy in a game.
1: I I mean it's fair when you isolate the stat like that. I truly felt like we we got these goals in in a lot of different ways. And mm. we were so far from perfect anyway. Like, yeah, and an outside observer might look at this and be like, "Wow, that was." And and the commentators were saying that too. They're like, "This is perfect, Carlton football." Mm. I mean, like that first quarter, I, it felt like what you were describing, where we were thinking about doing the risky thing, but it just like it just wasn't happening. And we were still had some crazy weird turnovers, and we still left some some like easy opportunities on the board. Mm. So. Not really for me. Like I think I, I thought we played to our strengths mm. there. Like yeah. that's that's who we are.
0: Mm. It's you can definitely see it as a negative, and I think it is to some degree. But I'm trying, probably like you, trying to find it in the positive of well, we kind of built our whole game on this stoppage craft. The whole thing was strong in the contest. We win the clearances. That's where we score off. That's a bit more of our scoring profile and. We kind of just haven't seen that in a long time. And we we adjusted, like you mentioned. Like I thought Doc playing on the wing and then more halfback was beautiful. So did not attend a center bounce. Walsh was back in the guts. He had the uh, second highest center bounce attendance for any of our midfielders, which last month or so it seems he's been a lot more that high half forward where, mate, yeah. his speed of not being flat-footed, we win the ball, and being able to hand pass to him sprinting through, like it was just a massive from? factor for us, and having someone being able to do that was incredible. It felt like it was the first time we kind of got that midfield mix right. We changed it up a bit, and yeah, being able to have uh, Doherty coming off the square, Cunningham moving up through there, even though I didn't think he was amazing by any stretch, it just you yeah. could see different elements that we'd clearly been missing in this team that the midfield can definitely build on. And I guess if you're going to take the positive glass half full, then I mean, it's it's really exciting to hopefully try and build on this in the second half of the season. And again, it goes yeah. back to that nourishment factor of, okay, they've shown they can do it again. They've just got to hopefully continue to try and do this when we're under pressure a little bit more. But I mean, yeah. if you're able to get on it, if you're able to get on top of a team that quickly, it's always a good thing to have.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, I, I agree on the Cunningham comment like he did a few things that looked very maybe rusty if you want to call <laughs> it that but like I don't know when I just think about this team performance like what did we we had about 380 disposals like we're not going to mm. get a whole lot more than that normally and you look as the the main five guys are getting heaps of the ball that's what we want to mm. see and the, the numbers don't jump out from guys like Cunningham and Fogarty but they're in there to like have the impact and make those yeah. like moments matter, um, which I thought Cunningham did. He had a bunch of moments mm. that that mattered. It's not about him having those high disposals every week. It's be part of the chains, get the yeah. get the goal assist and that kind of thing. So I just felt like the balance was nice there.
0: One hundred percent. So what are the other big kind of key takeaways or key oh. topics you wanted to chat about from this game? Do you have anything apart from? Just the second quarter or the clearance work—it it could still be from that second quarter. But I'm interested to hear yeah. what were
1: the key takeaways that you had, Lockie. I'm—I mean, we talk about them so often, but I just bloody love our back line. Mm. and it was even more just apparent in this game. Like, just got to give the the love to Weeders and Gov, and yeah. particularly Kemp. Like, mm. they were oh, just working. Like they were just working so well together, working so well. Mm. Um, it would it would have been demoralising watching that as a Suns fan. It's like how do you, like it's how it's how we've felt in in weeks gone by. Like how do you just keep picking these guys out every time we go in, and then you you put that with the halfbacks who you've been calling for. Like can we get the run? Like can we take a mark and handball it to Boyd and handball it to Chin mm. Connor, and they did it. And what happens? Goals. Yeah. Mm, no uh, spot on i mean the back line
0: definitely did well there's always area f- areas for improvement but on the whole like you, you pinpoint the individuals and boyd being able to offer that incredible kick of his like he's the best kick in our team yeah, and what he's able to bite off and create for us for these 70 meter bombs sometimes it didn't work out but it was like that was yeah. the right kick like that was that was it and that there was one that I think we might've got a goal from it where he kicked to the right spot, but I think Harry ended up fumbling it. And it's like, that that was the right spot. And it got us in a decent position where Gold Coast yep. won the ball. We put the pressure on, turnover. We get the ball moving. Believe we got a goal from it. And it's just those little things. Like I think Chincotta's is growing a bit more confidence. Last oh, week yeah. seemed like the first time he was able to get a bit more of that run and carry through the midfield. And then he sort of took that to another level this weekend, I'm not getting carried away with him, but it's just impressive to see, I guess, some incremental confidence in building in his game, knowing he hasn't played a lot of AFL football. It's his first season, um, even mm-hmm. though he is at like a 26-year-old. So it's good to see that he's getting a bit more confidence to take the game on because like him, Cottrell and Doherty, their run through the midfield, this direct just taking that corridor on, it's a yeah. game-breaking pace that we've missed and lacked all season. And yep. if these guys are willing to do it and getting confidence, at least from this game to do it, you hope that mentally when the pressure does come, they've hopefully got enough confidence to continue to do it and go for it rather than hopefully go into their shells. But I guess we'll find out for the rest of the season. Yep, exactly.
1: And you didn't highlight Kemp there. Like he... Oh, apologies. And how... <laughs> How bloody good. Like he's just getting better and better, still so young. Yeah. Like the kicking. He's got the mm. burst, the inset marking, reading it so well. Mm. Like, just hats off to him. Mm. Oh, I'm so happy for Kempi because he's someone that
0: I think I've said on pod, maybe at the start of this season, where I was very worried about him. Me too. Because and I get it, he, he had injuries and he's still young and inexperienced. But my concern was more when I'd seen him at VFL level. I just wasn't sure what his strengths were because you say it's meant to be his kicking and his interceptability, but there were times in the twos where he didn't look like he was going to mark anything and he was turning the ball over quite a lot. And I was going, oh no, is is it just a confidence thing? Is he just not developing? And uh, this season has mm. been unbelievable. In this game, 20 disposals, nine marks, two tackles, went at 80% disposal so efficiency, 11 intercept possessions, which is a game high, four score involvements, three rebound 50s. He kind of did everything, and it's definitely an exciting one. Someone I I can't wait to see play pretty much every single game for the rest of the season because you just (laughs) don't know what he can grow to, and it's an element in our back line we probably haven't nailed down. And what is interesting with him is he can still play a little bit smaller as well and be a bit more of a smaller defender while he can yep. intercept. There's a world, I guess, that I can see a weedering, a McGovern Moore as the interceptor, Kemp as a smallish interceptor, and then another key defender in there. I sure. know that's maybe a bit too tall. Maybe it's a Lewis Young, but...
1: I was just going to say, it's funny how you didn't name him there. I'm feeling an agenda.
0: Well, we'll, we'll get to that in the mid season. <laughs> and a key video. defender. <laughs> and someone, maybe that isn't Lewis Young. That's great. Um But I think he's versatile enough with his pace and rebounds that if we needed to change things up a little bit, we've just got more pieces to that back line that hopefully at their peak, when everything's going well, have those elements. He has the interceptability and and you look then you look at a guy like bloody Nick Newman who comes in, doesn't miss a beat. (laughs) She was just 19 disposals, eight marks, six tackles, went at 90%, eight intercept possessions, five score involvements, two inside 50s and three rebound 50s. Just another piece of that back line that, yeah, when fit, it yep. it looks a little bit better and, and hopefully can keep building. Love it. Yeah, I could just name individual after individual, to be honest. Mm. So I guess the other main kind of talking point I had was, well, something I mentioned on the Build Up Show again. So it's it's this is how good a win is. Finally, the things we talk about on this Build Up Show, we can reference again the week after, which is something we tried to do. It's the reason we tried to implement the Build Up Show. But... I brought up some stats about the goal kickers and the lack thereof. It was, here's these six guys. They're the only ones that are scoring, I guess, three or more goals this season. We need a spread from elsewhere. And yeah, wow, nine different goal kickers, seven multiple goal kickers. What did you kind of make of others getting involved this weekend? Do you think that this is something we can see more of as we continue through the season and... (laughs) Do you think that this was something that was designed, or was it just did it just happen due to the way we were playing? If that makes sense, it's
1: really yeah. That's a really interesting question. Um, God, how bad did Walsh want to be a goal kicker at the end? He was giving it anything to get (laughs) to get amongst it as like the only mid that didn't basically. Mm. Um, that's a good. uh, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on whether that was something Mm. tactical or not. I mean, it's so it's so different to what we've seen. The way that we were just yeah. getting these goals, like we're just so used to used to it being mm. the guys that are deep, the guys that we're targeting. Um, I, I think part of it, uh, like a, a bunch of examples you can think of, show that like extra second of patience yeah. rather than just bombing, like actually looking for guys. And you wouldn't believe it, the guys that are free are the mids because Mm. their opponents are clogging Harry and Charlie's space. So like the Martin kick to Chera, the first goal is a great example of, Mm. like he didn't didn't have to do that so eloquently. He could have just bombed it to the top of the square like we're used to. But instead it's like, oh yeah, Chera is completely Mm. free. So I just, I love it. I think it's part of the whole game plan, which is move quickly with urgency Mm. in a smart way. Yeah,
0: and it's it's like what we talked about at the top of the show, but it's so hard to know how much to draw from this game because it's there's just a such a small sample size from everything else we have True. seen this year and knowing what what Carlton are we going to get after the buy? Is it going to be this? But yep. if you're going to focus in on this game, which is kind of what we have to do, we have to dive deep into what we've just yeah. seen and, and try to draw some conclusions from it. But I noticed last week that the forward line looked better for obviously having Jack Martin in it and whether he gets a lot of the ball or not, just some of his movement creates space for others. He he's often actually moving inside 50, whether that's creating lanes for the other boys or creating a a better, a better spot for us to kick to. And you kind of noticed that as well this week when he was involved, he was making things happen and, the composure on him and the the selflessness to then, instead of blazing away, look for the short option, which he did a few times to set up goals. Yeah, multiple times. That's what I was very happy with. And I guess adding to that and how it worked at least this week, having a Cunningham in that can kind of push up well into the midfield and doesn't seem to get lost. And maybe even same to yeah. Fogarty, he can kind of push up in the midfield if you need him to but brings all that pressure, which we've maybe lacked with how Motlop has been so far this season. I think those mm. guys moving to right positions and us then moving the ball quickly allowed us to kind of have Cripper float forward a little bit, have Kennedy move forward and be in this space because maybe there was a bit more trust of, well, instead of, and I don't want to single out players, but instead of maybe a, an inexperienced Motlop being the guy that's pushing up to the stoppage, they're like, Oh yeah, I trust Cunningham can kind of deal with this i'll jump into the space here and i wonder if those little elements allowed a bit more confidence just because of a bit more experience in those kind of positions and how much that forward mix of a bit more diversity a bit more pressure what kind of role that played on allowing a cripper to actually get forward and score
1: yeah yeah i think that's a really good call um yeah and just the like the div- the diversity in the way that we scored as well. Like I'm I'm just thinking of all the examples. Like Crippa's third goal, you expect mm. Charlie to come out of that pack and probably just have a ping or just send it to the top of the square. But Cripps spread to a good spot, the one that Kennedy hit. Ah, uh, sorry, not Kennedy Kemp, where he gets that yeah. turnover and he's bursting and it's like he's going to send it to the top of the square. No, Lower mm. his eyes and there's three blokes that are waiting for it. When Martin get it in their pocket, like you mentioned. He mm. could have sent to the top of the square. And we still did it sometimes do that. And TDK takes a mark. Like it's just yeah. us not playing, not, not being predictable, which is mm. it feels silly to say, but you can't, you just can't do that. Mm. And and it goes back
0: to just that playing faster football, which is that it's it's so hard to know because everyone that I've heard so far talk about this game has been saying it's Voss. And Voss is finally gone against the slow play and he's got them to play the fast. And again, I'm not too yeah. sure where I sit because we've kind of been really focusing a bit more on the players and saying that mental yes. side that they're... Vossi seems to say he wants them to play faster, but for some reason they haven't. And it's just kind of unlocking that mental side. And yeah, yeah. so I think it's a bit of both. I think Voss is definitely adjusted and wanting to play a bit maybe faster than originally at the start of this year. But I think the players I'm finally sure. kind of maybe bought into that and whatever was done this week definitely worked. And we talk about the spread of goal kickers. We talk about the midfield chipping in and it's that fast play, direct footy that creates space. And then as we said at the start of this, once you're getting easier shots at goal, and it's so dumb, this is the dumbest analysis you'll get from me tonight, but you get better shots at goal. They're easy to kick. All of a sudden, Harry's lining up 15 meters out directly in front. Kicks his goal, confidence mm-hmm. is up. And then for everyone. you like for me I saw it in that second quarter when it was the Cripper goal for me when we had had yeah. some pretty good shots at goal, everyone had converted, so there's pressure off, everyone's lifted their spirits, and now Cripper's kicking goals from 50 bloody on set shot on an angle that you just don't really <laughs> expect him to. But that's it's the difference and
1: I know it was great it was
0: great to finally see us put some scoreboard pressure on. And then you saw Gold Coast making mistakes. And then, like you were mentioning with yep. our backline, they were then taking advantage. And, yeah, it, yep. a lot of it for me comes down to better spots at goal. And then you just see the confidence, confidence grow from there. But it was just, yeah. I mean, how many single times can I continue to say? It was just so nice to see these boys happy and enjoying
1: their footy, which we kind of just haven't seen this year. Oh, exactly right. How good cool was it? being there for a game like that like we it's a lot of fun. We we talk about wanting to see a game where you're not too stressed for yeah. the entire time and it was a pretty relaxing second half which was nice. But we've oh let's go straight to the listener questions actually. We we throw this oh, out to you guys nolly.
0: every single week so if you if you like it what you listen to straight away Mate, If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. We've just hit 600. so we're keen to get the subscribers up, hopefully get to 700 as soon as possible. If if I'm being ambitious, I'd love a thousand by the end of this year. We'll see how we go with that one. But I like it. if you're liking the content, easiest way to show us um, a bit of support um, and that you're enjoying the content and then it's easy. you don't miss an episode. And if you like anything throughout this and you want some discussions, have them in the comments section below. Always keen to hear from you guys and continue the discussion post pod as well. Um, if you're listening, ever else like follow, but questions and where we get these questions every single week is on Twitter at Navy Blue Corner is mm-hmm. the plug. That's enough for me. Member, jump over at Navy Blue Corner on all socials to hear from us. But what are the people asked this week, Lockie?
1: Well, as I often like to do, I'm going to start with just a few statements. You ask for questions, but sometimes you get statements back, and we like to hear what the people are saying. Mm. From at Damien Red 91, Captain Cripper back to his best, and Brody mm. Kemp must be re signed immediately. <laughs> Gonna be huge for us. Yes. I got a few yes. likes. From at Brucey underscore D. Several players had their best games so far this season. Mm. Churry was phenomenal. Mids kicking goals, defense was fantastic. I think uh Deb might have. Helped you with the run sheet because that's everything we've covered. Love it. <laughs> and from Jacqueline, no potty mouth. This pod, we were pretty <laughs> up and about last week in that regard. So, I think this one will be pretty censored this week, which is good. Well, I just got to say, I finally
0: met the great Jackie on the weekend at the Thought football. You might have. We're both very lucky to be attending the little president's lunch. There's my little <laughs> plug for you, Lockie. You knew you knew it was coming that's at some stage. Nice. But but, no, lovely to meet her, finally. Um, Long-time listener of the pod, so it was good to finally properly put a face to the name. Um, but, I mean, she said she enjoyed the potty mouth, so maybe we need to have more of the expletives. It kind of feels um, nice for right now, there, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's definitely a nice bit of punctuation, and hopefully <laughs> when you win, the swearing's better, if that makes sense.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Exactly right. <laughs> lock, lock his right, let's get Let's get into some hard hitters now because there's a few good ones. I'm interested to hear your take on this from Caleb Blessing. After TDK's best game, in their opinion, mm. ever as a bagger, is his signature a significant priority? And if so, did the club make an error signing Pitto for four years? Bang! Caleb is thinking long term. Big already. questions. Love it. Um, It is interesting. It's interesting to contrast, I think, Pitt and TDK's games in this small sample size, mm. albeit. We've got to always keep that in mind. Yeah. Oh, it's, I thought, it's an interesting question.
0: I thought De Koenig was incredibly impressive. Definitely thought it was the best game I've seen him play. His work around the ground was a lot better. He was taking the yep. marks. His kicking was good. And I actually thought he was really good in the ruck as well. I think he ended up having about 17... 17- hit out six score involvements, three tackles, two tackles inside 50 as well. Yeah, he was well. tackling hard. He was. It was, he just seemed to, not that he hasn't put in the effort, but it just, he went up another level with intensity around everything this week. And I did enjoy his ruck craft. He surprisingly wasn't in there a lot in the CBAs compared to Pitt. But I thought we was at times doing a lot better when he was in there over a Pitt, um, which has maybe always been the opposite. From how we've kind of seen things, and I mean, look, when he kicked the first goal, I think I yelled out, "Someone run the contract out to him." Um, <laughs> but I mean, shocker! I mean, it's a good one. It's a good one. A couple of fails in front of me liked it, so it must been popular I was in the of, uh, the president's cup. I'm sure. <laughs> happy with a bit of feedback, but yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> we know that there's potential within. We haven't seen a lot so far in the 50 games. Mm -hmm. And we know these tall players do take a bit more to develop. The hard thing is just what's the blend like and what works best. Um, Obviously, I'm happy to re-sign him. Depends on what value. We're definitely not going to be able to match. And I don't think we should be matching the pay-on potential for a deconing. And we'll see, I guess, how much a priority Mm. that is. But I don't think, and we've spoken on this a little bit, I don't believe that the Pitt contract truly has much of a bearing on this because it seems like he took quite a lot less money um, mm. to resign for a longer period of time, which means that there would be room for another one. And worst case he's maybe just on second ruck money. <sighs> he keeps playing like this going to be very interesting to see how much of a priority he keeps becoming. And does he mm. turn into this? Okay. We definitely can't lose him. Whereas, I guess, again, it's only one game. But before this, Carlton supporters were probably thinking, yeah, give me the first rounder if we can. Whereas now, yeah. you maybe start to go, okay, maybe we might keep decoding.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good question for us to kind of keep. Up. Um, no doubt we're going to keep monitoring it throughout the whole season. Pitt was interesting. He was clearly, I thought, very worried by Witts, who is a really yeah. good Ruckman, like he was... You know, giving away a bunch of freeze. He was getting dominated around the ground in the ruck, all of that. But I'm keen for us to keep, hopefully, persisting with this combination. Yeah. That means Sauce probably isn't in this team. Mm. And it means that, I don't know, we'll, we'll kind of talk about this after the game. It's, it's I don't know, I, I try and think of Sauce and Martin as similar kind of guys yeah, because they're same. those mid sized guys. But, I don't know. Sauce flies with the talls, whereas Jack Martin isn't that guy. Mm. And I thought that was another noticeable kind of difference. He stayed down a lot. Which is kind of Mm. what I feel like helped with that mix. So I'm keen for us to hopefully persist with Pitt and TDK sharing duties. Yes. Then with the two bigs. And probably Sauce doesn't have a spot right now. Mm.
0: Yeah. And we'll.
1: I think uh, Sauce aside, because we'll definitely touch on that
0: quite a lot in the mid-season review going through the list going through it all but i think yeah yep. we haven't seen a lot of deconing and pitnet together we still haven't which is insane no, to think seriously. about one's always not available yeah but the small sample size i feel like it's been better than it's been bad and if that's anything to go by yeah
1: i'm keen to see a bit more of deconic for sure breezy says how good were the quality and quantity of tackles today mm. nailed it Love that call on the quality. Yes. I thought that was actually stuck thing. them. And it was,
0: there was, well, I was impressed as well. It looked like there was a lot of gang tackles too. It was one oh, person started it, next person jumps in as well with the tackle pressure. And the, uh, the big thing on this now yeah. is, was this just a response from last week of you got your worst total in eight, whatever years? Clearly, it would have been spoken about a lot during the week. The big question is going to be, do they bring this tackle pressure against Hawthorne? Because it seems like this is kind of the unfortunate negative side of Carlton at the moment where Mm. we see it one week and then it disappears. It's that that consistency in that pressure. We don't seem to prolong it for multiple games. It sort of comes and goes. But that's the blueprint. Whatever you did to G yourselves up for that... (laughs) Please <laughs> just do it again every single game for the rest of this season and
1: beyond. Well, we we do have a question about that. Where oh, am I gonna be able to find it quickly here? From at Ben underscore Zala. Can we put Booney on a retainer <laughs> to do a rev up talk every week? Could it Please. have Booney?
0: Well, he was I was again I oh, say so you you've you've done this on purpose, I reckon. You're trying to get this out of me, but he was I was very fortunate. He was the uh, guest speaker at the uh, the president's ah. lunch. Um, so I believe you had Fev or something the last time that you were there. Just trying to let... It's
1: true. Throw you under the bus. <laughs> oh, I've but never been.
0: been. Never been. <laughs> but, no, Booney was... It was really good, obviously, to just listen to David Boone because he's got some incredible stories and mm. takes your mind off football for a little bit. But the little things that I kind of took away from it. And I I wrote down a couple of notes here. So let me find them. But he, he kind of came in and one of the first things he said was, look, what do I know? What do I know? But was able to spend a bit of time with the boys and everything he's watched. His thing, his thinking was it's just around the corner. He doesn't feel like for as much as we have been losing. It's, going to go down the the bad end he feels like it's about to turn and and what was really intriguing he spoke about learning to win and that when you come from such a losing culture and mm. losing base it's so hard to to do that but he had said that he had coached a team in county cricket after coaching some a team in australia and mm. the team he took over all they were was just the culture was losing. They were born losers basically. And it was his job to try and turn that around. And obviously it's something that can be done and it takes a lot of time, but what was impressive for him comparing when he rocked up to that county side to what he saw with Carlton was that there was so much, apparently accountability from the players. They were saying that, you know, it was up their performances. It was because of them. They were taking the ownership and it was that kind of attitude and, somewhat connectiveness as well between the players, the relationships, and the fact that there Mm. was still so much positivity in the four walls with everything still happening. Everyone still seemed quite upbeat. And I guess from his experience in kind of the elite sphere of sport, he was saying that we're definitely a few steps ahead of what he had walked into in that phase of trying to learn how to win. So I guess, you know, it's, it's hard to know how much to take out of that, but it's always interesting when, I guess, someone's been to that level, knows what it takes to be a champion, has had some experience coaching, and you can kind of sense a few things in their group. So I just thought that was a bit of interesting insight oh, okay. to be like, okay, maybe there is some elements of this group and what they're doing with Vossi and everyone else that while it's not there now, there is a chance that it can Build because I think the issue at the moment is yep. we're worried about the mentality, worried about that leadership piece. And if someone experiences saying there's good elements of it there, then I guess you kind of just have to take that at face value. So some interesting stuff from Booney. Let's let's get him in every week, yeah. please. I'll I'll happily
1: listen to him whenever I can. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Give the man the paycheck. Get him on it's the books. Blues. A couple more. Roland Kessels. Do you think the handball from Charlie to Fogarty for the goal is a sign of what is to come for the rest mm. of the year? A team-first approach. Any thoughts on that? I reckon, like, great singling
0: out of something because it was great. There was multiple mm-hmm. little things. It was the most times I've seen us lay a block to allow a teammate oh, you- to go through I space. notes about that.
1: The Shepherds Go, the for, it. go for it. Where's that been? Oh, no, it's, it, it been? was like the... The one kind of like 1% of that I wrote down, Mm. it was like, it was so apparent, so apparent all over. And it just, it just unlocks everything. Mm. Mate, these are the things that we were told to do in bloody under 12s. (laughs) Come on, (laughs) We haven't seen it a lot from this group, which is the
0: frustrating part. How many times is there a sacrificial lead or I'll take, I'll I'll give you the handball instead of me wanting the handball received for the one, two, I could just put a block on and you've got acres of space to now run into. And it was insane of how well oh, Akers, maybe he's he's Pardon the pun he yeah but I think <laughs> it was good to see I've skipped right past that I didn't enjoy it I didn't enjoy that one from your lucky <laughs> it wasn't great but I think TDK and Pitnet did quite a few of them and they're yep. somewhat known for it but it was nice to see a bit more teamwork and everyone playing for each other and. I think that that's just something that needs to keep being instilled because Mm. I think Lockie nailed it earlier, talking just about looking for teammates inside 50 rather Mm. than blazing away. And we found options when we're willing to work for each other. And then when you honor it, players are more likely to want to work for it the next time. So I think, yeah, it's just, again, it's one game against the Suns. They need to do it a lot more than this, but, this is the blueprint. That's it. All these little things that we've been asking for, they did it. Keep doing it, please.
1: I like all the prefaces you're giving. You're preparing <laughs> for the comments coming our way of, you boys are going over the top.
0: Keep the lid on it.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. The other, the other 1% are kind it's of- in nine days. weeks. <laughs> well, exactly. Let us have a little nourishment. Um, I love, 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 love. God, Matt always loves picking a player up off the ground. Like, shit mm. like that is just, I'm noticing it. Like, it was, I know, again, it's so much easier to do these things when it's winning, but, mm. yeah, get around your teammates. Pick them up when they're yeah. down. When when someone gets tackled hard, they're getting into them. I love it. Cottrell mm. gives Long that big shove and just has a little go after he gets holding the ball. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, in my yeah. opinion, what winners do, mm. that confidence. And there's been that kind of lack of nastiness
0: in a way when you look at that in the aggressive physical side, obviously within the rules, definitely. but we haven't done a lot of that. Like I, I think it was, is, is it Davey or Davies from gold coast? Mm. He, he was involved in one with Chero where they were yes. wrestling a little bit. And then the next Love time it. he got the ball, I, I don't know if it was cripp I can't remember who it was definitely gave him a little bit more in the tackle. And then it was on a bit more. And it was just that little bit of payback yeah. acknowledging this guy's getting into my teammate. I'm going to let him know on the next one. And it's just been one of the many things that has been missing. And yeah, it's just, I'm just hoping they can take something from this. And it's, yep. it's what we saw the best of us last year. Basically the, all the good from last year that we were waiting for this year going, where the fuck is it? That was it. Um, yep. So yeah, it's just I just want to see more
1: of it. Please. Aggressive Carlton. Aggressive Cripper. Two more bigger picture ones before we get into the votes. So our pal, very hoodish. What is a pass mark for the rest of the season, lads? That is a brutal question. That is a brutal question.
0: Uh, I haven't thought a lot
1: about it,
0: to be honest, because I was probably more thinking of going into a lot more of that stuff in detail in the mid-season, so my head hasn't spent a lot of time on it, but I'm not going to fence it. I'm not going to fence it. Maybe I am. You can be the judge. But I'm not putting a wins and losses on it. Neither. Like I would love us to go from here and make an absolute charge, go in with the mentality of we win every single game, we're playing finals. That's the mentality they need to have. I just need to see enough like I saw in this to, I think Pommy said it um, after this game of like, this is almost a bit of a pre-season for next year in a way. We need to build so if it doesn't all happen at the end of this year and we don't make finals and we don't go on with it, what we've done from the platform from here to the end of the season gets us to be superstars next year. And so I think for me, I just need Mm. to see enough. I think wins are a good part of that. And so maybe, yeah, we need to be beating... Obviously, West Coast, I'd love to see us beat a St. Kilda, beat Gold, beat Gold Coast, beat GWS, and maybe a Melbourne or a Collingwood or a Frio, like one of those. Like get a couple of those where we're probably not expected to. And just I don't want to be seeing us go into our shell. More progression rather than us sitting back like we were last week thinking we're in the mud, hand the keys in. I think that's where I'm kind of sitting. I don't know if I can put a specific no, win-loss on it. Um, but, yeah, we just need to be – I want to get to the end of the season and go – there was a lot of bad, but, gee, that second half, we could go places next hmm. year. What's what kind of your vision for a pass mark at this stage? Hmm. And let us know if you listen to this on YouTube. Chuck yours in the comments. If you're listening uh, on your streaming wherever you are, on getting your podcast, head over to the socials at Navy Blue Corner. Very keen to hear what the pass mark is from this point on because it was finals, but is it still finals?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I know lots of people like thinking about situations in this way. You've given it a lot more than I will. I, I definitely would not give it wins and losses. I, I just can't look at these next few months as like as binary because, mm. yeah. There's there's so many ways, like we there's there's ways that we could disappoint in the wins and losses from here out and it still be that preseason vibe that you're talking about. Um but I still believe that we can get there. Which takes us to our last question from big friend of the podcast, big Paul Barbaza, who says, Can we actually wink face? I won't say it though. (laughs) <laughs> and I think, well, I think we can, oh. Baz. I think we can. I'm going to keep the faith. I know it's only one mm. game, but we've been building to this. And mm. I think if we can put what we did in this game moving forward, we're not going to win every game by 60. But I think that we can beat Collingwood playing like that. And if we can do that, then we can beat anyone.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's so interesting. And it's so hard to know. Like, it, It's funny what a win does to just perspective in everything. Because all of a sudden you win one, and the way you win as well, it's hard not to look at the fixtures and be like, Well, okay, let's say we beat Hawthorne. Okay. Or oh. then I think it's it might be Frio away. It's like, Well, shit, if you win that one, then you got, I think it's Port it. or something. And then it's like, Well, then you got West Coast. Then if you win a couple out of, you maybe beat St. Kilda, you beat Melbourne. We were close to them when we were playing poorly. Like if you go down that mindset, you can easily think we can get it done. And I just love that a win right now has done so much to boost the positivity with us. And that's yeah. just kind of what they we do. love that. Of course we can. That's why We've been glass half full all season in an attempt to try and keep some sanity. So of course we can do it. And I hope hope that's the mentality of the players like I was speaking about just before. They should be saying, we win every game, we're playing finals, let's win a flag. That's what needs to be happening internally. It's just, I don't know, I, I can't go too deep into it because I don't know if this game was just the pressure release of sure. what's happened that was going to eventuate. And then it's just going to be quite rocky to the end of the year or whether this was the flip the switch moment. And I guess we'll kind of see a little bit more, not to pin everything on the Hawthorne game, but I think we'll see a bit more and be able to judge more from that. But i got to say from Baz, I almost you almost need him on the podcast after a win, so you can get the the Ric Flair, Sorry. woo! Get that involved because I've missed hearing that from him. So a uh, big shout out <laughs> to the bumper.
1: Yeah, love it. I, yeah. I personally think it's okay to indulge in moments like this and have a bit of fun of asking those questions. I think yeah, a lot course. of people are getting a bit, I don't know, a bit like, oh, come on. Like everyone's feeling like we're getting too carried away. But mm. enjoy enjoy a 60-point win while we have it before we have to talk about <laughs> losing to the Hawks or whatever. Oh, exactly. Let's just, let's just exactly. live in the moment and be excited.
0: I agree. So was that the uh, all of the listener questions there?
1: That's wrapped her up.
0: Beautiful. So thanks for sending those in again. We'll go to the votes and then if there's anything else we still wanted to chat about, we can for a little bit. Lockie, mm-hmm. always difficult in a win, but for a good reason. It's the opposite of a loss. It's almost I want to give votes to everyone. So I'm very intrigued to see who you've given your 3-2 and 1-2 because it could go to a lot of people. And I've seen yeah. a lot of people out there with a bit of variety in their vote selections.
1: And see, that's why I just do not have confidence that we can align this week, because there was so many guys I could have given the one to. Uh, I've gone Chera, three, the, the John Nichols medal winner for 2023, hanging around the man's neck already. I've been pretty, oh, I don't know, actually. I've been tougher than most on Walsh, I think, for the past... four to six weeks on how he played and the the stats i think weren't kind of showing how he played but fantastic game from him so two and i've gone kemp with one because i just thought that was a real The, (laughs) oh i thought your face might have been giving same votes there um we'll see we'll see yeah i felt like that was a bit of a coming of age Mm. game from him and like we talked about in the preview, like maybe I challenged it probably more than you did. Like, mm. is this gonna work with like him on Casbolt? Like, what is that really mm. gonna look like? And, and he stood up and he and he did everything. So give give the man a vote.
0: Yeah, no, I do like those votes. I have done the exact same, Lockie. We are back online. in the winning games of football, and we are back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Chera was just unbelievable. He's just he's having some okay. kind of season and like I don't want to go too early and get too much of a big head but I believe I may have called it oh, I may have I may have backed though. my man in um so I'm I'm always claiming the chair out good season and yeah Walshy I agree like the way you were analyzing his game definitely made me look a little bit deeper and I kind of agreed with you where I was winning a fair chunk of it That were we getting the best out of a Sam Walsh with those disposals and this week yes, clearly yes. was different. He definitely gets the two there. And I feel like if you look at the stat sheet, Cripper deserves a vote. But
1: yeah. oh my god, yeah.
0: I I thought, and I this is gonna be so rude to Cripper, but I felt like some of the goals were a little stat patty near the end and whatnot. Whereas I just wow. I, I was so much a little bit and this is it's hard because Cripper just has so many high stat standards paddy. that it's so hard to truly like oh yeah, Cripper was best on because he set himself ridiculous standards. And it was good to see him back to pretty much his best. So it's a big one, but I've snubbed him and I've given a one like you to Kemp. I just thought he was instrumental in defense. And I like give my votes to those that maybe surprise me a little bit. Like I was close to giving yeah, Deconing a vote there because of yep. what I expect going into a game and what I saw. But I mean, I just thought the rebounding of Kemp allowed us to do so much in this game and his ability to stop the goals and then generate them through his ball movement, I just thought was exceptional. So interesting to see that we've got the same votes for once. I absolutely love it. Uh, Were there any other key things you wanted to talk about from this game or any other players that you did want to touch on?
1: I think we've pretty much covered each of my things. Hmm. Um, Did you?
0: Did you have much of a thought on on Cunningham's game? Um, yeah, I guess coming back
1: from from two years out? I, I think like I touched on, I, I I try really hard to put all of these performances into the context of the role that they're each playing. Yeah. We cannot expect David Cunningham in the role that he just played to have as much of the ball as one of the mm. mids that gets every CPA. He had some disposals that were not good at all. Some of the worst disposals of the entire game, which is fine. Um, So I'm looking at him as definitely someone that I want to keep persisting with this Mm. season because it was just so clear that he added something different. Like, is he like, has I don't know, I'm thinking of, I'm I'm looking at the names here. Like, he has the potential to be the classiest player in this team. Mm. The way that he can pick the ball up with one hand, the way that he parts the C's. Sometimes when he gets the ball, and it's like he's just in somehow yeah. in just infinite space. Is not something that we see from our mids, and, and he was like kind of playing a bit of a role that I'm like, this is what I want Fisher to be able to do. Yeah, like not have not have 25 disposals, but impact when you get it. And if he mm. didn't make those errors, then he pretty much would have been impactful with every touch. So I really hope that we persist. Mm. Yeah. Oh,
0: I can't add I much onto that. You've you pretty much nailed like what I was gonna say. It was sort of somewhat quietish, but it showed glimpses and it was the cleanness to win the ball in traffic, like it's those pickups, the little shimmy to create some space oh. that you get excited about. Disposal was poor. Two years without AFL football is gonna do that. But three tackles, yeah, twelve pressure acts, two score involvements. Not a bad first game there. I think if we lose, you're maybe being like looking at it a little bit more negatively, but we know what we want from Cunningham, and and I think you were hoping for glimpses of that first game back. I think it's a tick for me. I think what he overall brings is something we need in this team. Um, I guess, yeah, somewhat to touch Mm. on was was Fogarty coming into this team. Wasn't expecting it, but I thought that Fogarty has played his role. He didn't set the world on fire, but You know, he did what he needed to do. He applied the pressure and created opportunities because of that. Three tackles, four score involvements, two goal assists, 13 pressure acts, and happy for him to get that goal as well. Just icing on the cake, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Didn't set the world on fire, but Hmm. that's the role he's in. And what about Dow?
0: Yeah. Oh, I thought thought Dow was really good, to be honest. I love that, again, every time he gets the ball, there's like a clear happiness for the crowd and they're sort of really wheeling him on that? eight disposals at 88 percent feels like his disposal has been the thing i've been surprised with seeing him come into the game it's it's probably what was letting him down in previous years but he looks really clean with it four score involvements had a clearance three inside 50s the midfield mix worked the best it ever has so maybe it's really hard for him to break in but there's not yeah. anything more this guy could do and Maybe this is going too much from a couple of performances, but yeah. right now, this is the big hot take. I would have Dow over uh, George Hewitt in my, <sighs> I guess, rankings just because I think Dow can play with this midfield mix, whereas I worry Hewitt, maybe you have to take someone else out for him, whereas I think Dow kind of complements in wow. a way. But I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Dow
1: post by. Yes, I'll be I'll be hotly tuning into the selection table to hear you put that tape out there <laughs> when <laughs> Hewitt's firing and ready to go. It's an interesting point though. It's really hard for mm. me to think about Hewitt not in the way that he's been this season, mm. clearly with an underlying injury, and think back to last year when he was like one of our best players. So I'm not I, I don't want to go that far yet, but Mm. Yeah. It's interesting to think about, is there, is there a role that Hewitt can play in this team that isn't yeah. uh, being one of our like top three CBA mids?
0: Well, I mean, we can get to this in way more detail, discussion, mid-season, we will. review. Well, the one thing that I can think of, let's say we're taking him out completely for whatever reason. That's the scenario. He has played a bit of halfback. I don't think he's quick enough, but could he be like? And this is probably so disrespectful to say, but like a, a really good back pocket, like a bit more locked down, small defender. Because mm. he's okay by foot, loves to tackle, wins the football. Is that an option to look at? Like a and a Nick Newman style player in a way. Mm.
1: Potentially, yeah. It doesn't taste. He's throwing good. something out.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't love it, but I definitely think midfield is more his thing. And we saw last season that yeah. he was one of our best midfielders. Fantastic. So I think there's still something just needs to confidence and hopefully the body gets right. Um, I've got, I think, yeah. one question that we've kind of touched on, but I want a specific answer from you to kind of wrap this all up because hmm. we've gone positive with this. People are going negatively. People are whatever. But the big question is, where has he been all year? And so I kind of want to ask you to wrap this game up. Do you think that this game, this performance was a bit of the pressures off? There's not a big crowd expectations completely gone off them. Was it poor opposition? Do you think we changed things? Is it a sign of what's to come? I'm just throwing a bunch of potential answers out Mm. there for you, but I guess what has been the catalyst for this performance and where has that then been? And why haven't we seen that kind of performance, ball movement, everything
1: this year so far? Yeah. It's definitely a very complicated question. So all I can do is give it my best guess. Mm. If I'm kind of putting all the the things that you threw out there in kind of a hierarchy, I think personally, I think the pressure being off is bottom least yeah. impact, least I likely agree. to have had an impact personally. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but I'll say it. I think opposition... I'm going to put that closer to the top. Yes, I agree. Off the buy, like people are people are doing the thing, like, oh come on, put some respect on Gold Coast. They I don't know, they beat Adelaide, whatever. Yeah, we know who we know who they are. Um, so mm. I put that close to the top, and I think, and I, th- if I had to have my best guess, I think there is, I think coaching is, yeah, part of this, and mm. I think it's like like there's only so much that can happen. There's only so much a team can change in one week. Yes. But that's, I don't see this as that. Like mm. we saw the signs last week. It was, they were trying and it wasn't coming off. It's like, it's been tinkering through this period. And, and, and that's what Voss is saying. And I do believe yeah. him in that. Mm. I do believe that this is something that they've been building towards. And that's why I am optimistic that yeah. it isn't just a flash in the pan.
0: Well, I mean, you were the one that spoke about it in the Essendon review where I was very negative, but you were again being that glass half full saying, well, I was seeing things I hadn't seen the week prior. And obviously, if you can just kind of somehow, and it's it's so hard to do, take the result away and say, well, is this what's going to take us forward? Because that's what we wanted to see, but they weren't executing. And I guess, yeah, as a part of that, like, is this just, okay, you play a team you should be beating, that you should be better than, you beat them comprehensively. You show you're much better. Another week of this alternate altering of the system, and and I think just yeah. a, a massive part of it as well comes from that confidence of you win the clearance, you kick, kick a quick goal, bang, you yes. get another one, and I think that that so mental took just the pressure off the players during the game of that we've got to win this, and the question yeah. is is obviously going to still. Be there? Can we do it under pressure? Can we do it on the big stage? It's easy when you get a run on to play that carefree football. How do they find a way to do that when the going gets tough? Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, this that's the closest we've seen us play to how we played last year when we thought that's the way we need to do it. They've shown this week at least yep. that they're capable of playing that again, which... We weren't sure we were going to see at all this season. So it's definitely a positive. They just need to go out there and prove it now. You know, use this season to go as hard as we can and get what we can out of it. Push for finals, do everything we can to be the best. And yeah, I'm just hoping it's a a better second half of Mm. the season. Uh, Do you have much else to say before uh, we wrap this one up, Lockie?
1: I'm content, mate. I'm content.
0: Beautiful. Well, that's pretty much going to wrap this episode up, but don't worry. We're definitely going to still be here during the bye week. It is our big mid season review. And we've been doing the two episodes a week during the regular season. We've been doing the review and then the match build up. So don't worry. There's going to be two episodes. We'll be doing the (laughs) match review. Uh, We'll be putting out questions as well. So We'll hear from you guys and answer the questions that you want. We'll be doing a bit of a list analysis, looking ahead Mm -hmm. at the end of the season, maybe a little bit of a draft talk as well, reviewing the players, reviewing where we're at and trying to move towards the end of the season. And we've got a fun, very fun video that we can't wait to do. All I can say is we're tier ranking something. We're making a tier list. I'm excited for you guys to see what the tier list is and have your say on it because it'll be us putting it together, but then we'll be putting it out to all of you and getting your opinions on it. But I can't wait for this mid-season content. (laughs) It's good to go into the bye with a win, get some confidence. Let's hope the rest of the season is as fun as that was on Sunday. But thanks for listening, Baggers. Go the Blues. See you guys next time.